You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 233. In this episode, I'm speaking to Siv Tröstadóttir on how she quit her job and moved to Italy with her online business. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Sif Tröstadóttir who is a veterinarian and a trained pet behaviorist from Iceland. Early in life, she fell in love with Italy and now she lives there in a little house with her dog, Sunna, and runs an online business where she educates dog owners about dog health, training and behavior. In this episode, she shares her story on how she was able to quit her job and follow her dream to move to Italy. Do you want to build your dream business and maybe move to some other country? I have created a brand new eight-part video series for you where you get instant access to all videos so you can start to build your dream business. Go to signal.com forward slash 233 to sign up for the video series and there you also find links to Siv and her programs. I am so excited to be here with Sif Tröstadóttir. I'm speaking with the Icelandic accent. We're both Icelanders. We're both wearing red, actually. We both have curly hair. <laughs> and we both love online business. Thank you for coming on the show, Sif. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> it's really funny how sometimes people actually in pictures or where we come up somewhere, we look kind of similar with the curly hair yeah. and the red dress. <laughs> <laughs> Team red for the win. So... I love uh, having you on the show. Uh, you've been with us again. This is your second appearance on the show. The other episode was about your evergreen funnel. People can hop on and listen to that as well. But in this show, we're going to focus on your story on how you basically left a job position in Iceland and followed your dream to move to Italy and fund this out of your online business. It's something that a lot of people cannot imagine doing, but still maybe they have a lingering dream. And when somebody has done it, that's when you are inspiring. So that's why we are talking here today. We want to talk about that story. So take us back in time of why you wanted to leave that job. You know, what, what was going on? How, how did you feel? Yeah, so I was actually working in a veterinary clinic and I was one of the owners of the clinic. It had been my dream before to start a veterinary clinic and, and do that. And I'd been working as a vet for 12 years, but I was feeling a little bit signs of burnout. I was getting like tired and um, unimpressed and felt like I needed a change. And uh, some other things happened in my life. I had, let's say, a near-death experience where I had a car crash where I fortunately got out with only minor injuries or actually I have chronic back pain from this crash. 
So that made also working in the clinic a bit more difficult physically because uh, being a vet is a very physically demanding job. So I was feeling a, a little bit tired of everything and I wanted to just take a break. So I thought I would take a break for six months, go on like a sabbatical and uh, get my energies back and come back and feel renewed and <laughs> rejuvenated. <laughs> but actually, when I had been away for a few months, I could really sense this very strong emotion that I didn't want to go back. So I decided to take a leap. I sold my clinic, quit my job, and uh, started an online business. Because I wanted to live in Italy, but I knew that it would be almost impossible for someone like me to find a job in Italy. Like, my Italian is very basic. I wouldn't be able to communicate effectively with the clients. And also, there's just so many vets in Italy that it would be really difficult to find a job there. So I thought, actually, having an online job is something that gives you so much freedom because even if I wanted to go back to Iceland, I could still do that and just take my job with me. Yeah. Where did you get the idea that you could do something online? Because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, only business coaches can earn money online. How should a veterinarian be able to earn money online? Did you have any role models or inspirations? Yeah, actually, no, I didn't really have... Um a lot of role models, there aren't very many vets doing anything online. But I could see there's a lot of people doing lots of different things online. And it's not just business coaches. It's like people from all kinds of walks of life. It's so amazing what people are doing online these days. I actually have a degree in behavior. And I realized also that I was, I guess it's like twofold, like for me, because I wanted to change my life and my business and I wanted to do something online, but also because I realized that I could reach a lot more people doing things online because I was doing like private consultations with people like one-on-one -on -one in the clinic. And I realized that people were like bringing their dog to the behavior consultation, but really the consultation is just talking to the owners because the owners have to do the training. So I wasn't, ah. I wasn't doing the training with the dog. I was just explaining how to do it. And I thought I might as well do this online. It's the same thing. Just talk to the people and show them how to do it. And then I record videos to show like in more, some things in more detail. So there are a few vets online. Actually one person who was a big role model for me, she's unfortunately passed away. As a young woman, it's really, really sad. But she was an inspiration for me because she was making videos online and had a website and was selling online products like CDs. Well, this was like before, like she was selling like DVDs <laughs> with, <laughs> with videos. But uh, yeah, it's the same idea. So you had a proof of concept. You had someone. I think that does help to have that you see someone else doing a similar business that you know that it could work. Yes. And I saw there was a lot of trainers, dog trainers doing all kinds of things online. So I thought, yeah, this is something that could be possible. What about your dream about Italy? Where does that come from? And how long, long did you have it before you then took the leap of faith and just moved over to Italy? Yeah, that's a little bit strange. I can't really explain it. 
it's not rational. Ever since I was a child, I had this dream of going to Italy. I don't know, maybe it had something to do with the food. Like I'm, I'm a big foodie. I've always been like really into food ever since I was a kid. And I used to love like pasta and lasagna and all the Italian foods. But I, I never went to Italy. I went there for the first time in 2008 on a holiday. And that was like a point of no return. Like I went there every year since. <laughs> so you're not disappointed, you know, sometimes no, we, when we have a big dream and then we finally, you know, achieve it, it's not what we expected, but you, you were not disappointed. <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's really funny. Like, and I continued to travel and I always felt at home in Rome. And I can't really explain it. It's so different from anything else I've experienced before. Like it's nothing like Iceland or Reykjavik <laughs> where I grew up, <laughs> but it somehow spoke to me and I felt like it was my home. And I always felt sad at the airport at the end of the vacation when I had to go home. And sometimes like I remember one year I traveled with a tent in my suitcase and I just traveled around on trains and pitched my tent in different towns. And I was away for six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, I was a little bit tired of sleeping in a tent, more or less for six weeks. But I didn't want to go back. <laughs> so you were possibly supposed to be born in Italy, but someone made a mistake and you landed in Iceland. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but that was one thing. I remember when we spoke first that you were house-sitting. Was that true? You were, yes. yeah. Was that a, one, of your, one of your methods to be in Italy? Yeah, because when I started the online business, I wasn't making a lot of money. I was just like trying out different things and trying to see what worked. And I had to be creative because I, had, I didn't have like loads of money to support myself while I was building the online business because I took a risky strategy to quit my job before I started. Well, actually... It was a, a bit risky move <laughs> to do it like that. But I had actually been looking at like online business for a few years and thinking and like think, oh, this is something I would like to do, like maybe just to have some like extra money on the side or something. But then I never really did anything until I decided to leave. And first I took the sabbatical and I moved around Europe for a few months. And then I was like, no, Italy is my home. I just want to go back to Italy. <laughs> so I went there and I, um, I had to be a little bit creative. Like at first I was living in a camper van and then I decided to sell the camper van and do some house sitting. And it was partly because I wanted to like reduce my cost of living so I wouldn't have to pay rent while I was building the business and also because I wanted to try out like different parts of Italy. So I spent three months in Piemonte in the north of Italy, looking after a lot of cats in a, <laughs> it was a cat rescue. It was like a house full of cats. Oh, you better not have allergy then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dog was a little bit scared of the cats. She's very small. Oh, you had your dog with you all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was a little bit scared because all these cats and they were like half the cats were bigger than her. <laughs> but then, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, but she got used to it. And then um, so I spent three months there and then I was in Umbria for five months, also taking care of cats. Fortunately, my dog is like, she's really small. She's very calm. She doesn't bark at cats or anything and she's used to cats. So I had no problems with that. And it was a really great way for me to like 
tried different areas of Italy. So now I have like a better understanding of the different areas and also to live somewhere and I didn't have to pay rent and I had access to the internet. So I was able to like start building my business. That's so smart, really. I have not heard of anyone using this strategy to get started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people move to Asia. I've heard of people doing that, like moving to an Asian country because that's uh, your living expenses are really low. But I just wanted to be in Italy. And Italy is a little bit expensive, like not as expensive as Iceland, but not as cheap as Asia either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I had to come up with something different. Super smart. So at some point... You uh, found your dream place. Tell me how, you know, the dream place, both in terms of village or where you live, but also a house. Tell us about your house. Yeah. So actually I was staying in Umbria. I was house sitting for five months and then I didn't know what to do next. So I stayed with, I actually have an Icelandic friend who lives in Umbria as well. And I met her by chance when I was house sitting. We both went to the same movie theater one night it's really amazing i just heard somebody in the audience say like oh you have to meet our friend from iceland and i was like iceland like i don't know anyone here and then there was this other icelandic lady it's it's so funny how we kind of find each other there are no coincidences you know yeah yeah so i stayed with her and then i was thinking like where should i go next like what should i do i'm not sure so I saw this house for sale. It was a, an ad in some uh, expat group because I had signed up for all the groups for foreigners in Italy, like looking for opportunities. And I saw a house for sale and I said to my friend, oh, let's go and have a look. It would be a nice like day trip. Just go there in the car for one day. It's like close to Rome. So we can just drive there. Only takes a couple of hours. And then we can like have a look and then look at the village and then go back. It's a nice road trip. So you were not really planning to buy the house. You just no, want, no, no. you were curious. I was just <laughs> curious to see it. And then when we drove up and we were like driving in the car and then these are like small windy roads in the country, Italian countryside. And it's all full of like uh, olive trees and vineyards and stuff like that and trees everywhere. And then there was like a clearing and we, there was a turn in the road and I could just see the village. It's like a fairy tale castle or something like on top of a rocky hill. And I was like, oh my God, that's the village. <laughs> And then we drove up to the village, we went inside and it's like all these small cobbled streets with like really narrow, no cars, just walking. And when I saw the house, it was just love at first sight. Aww. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is perfect for me. And for Sunna, it was all, the house is, itself is really old. It's 500 years old, but it's uh, all modern renovated and it had like ikea kitchen so i was like oh this is like perfect for a scandinavian person like me <laughs> it's like it was made for me <laughs> wonderful yeah so it was like fully equipped and all modern so i could just move in oh that's fantastic yeah there was of course italian paperwork uh, that's one of the <laughs> interesting things about living in Italy is all the, the red tape and the bureaucracy. Yeah. So it was not so easy to ultimately buy the house. Well, it was like not so hard though. Like I sold my camper van because the house is very small. I was able to buy the house. Yeah. I made an offer in August and I moved in in November. So it's not too bad. I've heard stories about much worse in Italy. <laughs> 
So now you had settled in your house and you could possibly focus even better on your business because now you didn't have to look for new house sitting opportunities or other things that are a little bit more distracting. Yeah, exactly. It's been really nice staying there while I'm building my business because it's a really nice and quiet small village. Actually, I've had some challenges with the internet. So I've been uh, using uh, 3G internet, but that's actually been working quite well. Yeah. And you also go into office in Rome, I heard. Yeah. So I rent an office in Rome as well. So when I need to like upload big uh, files and stuff, I like to record at the house because it's so quiet. Like there's no noise from outside unless like the animals are making noises. (laughs) But that's okay, because that's like if my neighbor's dog barks, it's like perfect ambience for my videos because they're all about dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. So your online business also took some twists and turns and and, uh, we've met a couple of times. So what was the moment where things finally started to kind of work for you and you felt like, hey, I can build an online business. First, you have the aspiration, you try out a few things possibly make a couple of sales, but that's not truly online business. When did it really make a shift for you? I tried all kinds of things. And I think probably it was an important learning experience to do all the different things. So I did like online, um, like masterclasses or like webinars, paid webinars. I did online courses and those were like quite successful, but um, I can't charge the amounts that for one course as people can do when you're like a business coach. So I had to like try out like different things. So in the end, what I decided to try last year was to make a membership. And that's when things like finally started to click because my audience is the kind of audience they're not going to pay large amounts for one-on-one coaching or for courses. So they prefer like smaller lower priced products and actually a membership is perfect also because I was a bit frustrated because people were doing like they would come for like one-on-one coaching but then they wouldn't want to pay for a lot of sessions and then I felt like I was losing the I wanted to keep in touch with them for a longer period to keep them accountable and to make sure that everything was running smoothly so I, I came up with the membership idea And that's been really great. Like I had such a good, um, people were so receptive, my audience, because I had already through all the stuff that I had been doing before, I had built a little audience, like I had an email list of over 3000 and people had already been paying for courses. And so they were used to paying for my service online. And I had like kind of trained them to watch me online and to learn online. And uh, I had... I think 70 members on the first launch, which was really, really fantastic. But actually, I've had uh, all my clients in Iceland until this year because more and more people were asking me, like other friends, like English speaking friends, were like, oh, well, I want, like, uh, my friend has a problem with their dog. They were asking about you. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, well, they have to learn Icelandic. (laughs) But now I started in English as well. So, my audience is growing into a more international audience. That's fantastic. It's been a pure joy to watch you 
also not give up. You know, entrepreneurship is about trying, testing what works, what doesn't work, and then landing on the membership site. It's brilliant. And plus, everybody loves your uh, Bark Funnel, which is in another episode. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, that's a very, uh, very popular uh, case study inside our Samba community. But the membership seems to be what some people land on when you cannot charge too high prices. Let's say your audience is consumers, like in dog training, or let's say you're a stylist or a interior designer, like there's a many of these that are very, very successful memberships. So I'm glad you landed on that. And you had to try the other things. I agree with you. You cannot just land and the first product is going to success. So it's been fantastic to see you grow. So now you're going to take this to English and make it successful there. Yes. I also love the membership model because it's, uh, even though like I'm not charging the clients a lot, but it's cumulative because I just grow the membership. Like I have more and more people and they pay me every month. So I don't have to worry about this feast and famine a little bit when you're doing courses and you need like really high priced courses to keep a steady income. And yeah, you can make better plans. You know approximately what you're earning next month and the month after and once you acquire a new client, you can increase that. And of course, some will drop off. But if you know the drop off rate versus uh, new acquires, that's kind of the calculation you have to make. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a joy to watch you. Uh, you know, we worked together. When did it start? I don't know. When in? I think it's two years now. Is it two years now? Yeah. It was first in a mastermind that started actually in August, I think, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exactly... Two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly two years. Yeah, you're right. I somehow felt it was October today, but yeah. no, you're right. We're recording this in August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's exactly two years. It is a good reminder for anyone listening that building a business takes time and it's not no overnight success. And uh, you, you were determined to make it work and you have found it. And the membership site is now what? Is it almost a year old? You said November last year. Yeah, I started the Icelandic one in September last year. So that's almost a year old. I had my first live event in July in Iceland with the members. That was really Ooh. fantastic. We had like a meetup with lots of dogs and lots of owners. And that was really, really great to meet the people in person. And then uh, I just started the English version in May. So that's very new. And I'm still building that. Yes. And you're going to keep it two languages? Because that's a question I get a lot. If people can run businesses in two languages, what is your take on it? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. I sometimes wonder if I should have started in English to begin with. But actually, I think it was good to start in Icelandic because I already had an audience in Iceland. I was actually well known as a vet and for other work I had been doing with animal welfare and dogs and pets in Iceland. So I had an audience there and they've been like really loyal and really great clients. So I decided to keep doing it in two languages for a while and just see how it goes, but it is more work. So you might consider doing it in English from the get-go if you're thinking about going international because the Icelandic market is so small that it's like there's a limited capacity for growth. But if you have another language like Spanish or German or something that's like really big languages, then you wouldn't necessarily have to do it in English. Does it feel like you're running two businesses or is this like one and a half? 
I guess it's like one and a half because I'm I'm repurposing a lot of stuff that I've already tried in the Icelandic membership and just like translating to English. So I'm not having to do all the work like from scratch. So I'm building on that and like improving a lot of stuff as well. But what about uh, social media? Is that then everything double? Yeah, but actually I'm uh, repurposing a lot actually the other direction on social media because I actually, uh, most of my clients, my Icelandic clients, they do speak English as well. Like in Iceland, almost everyone speaks English. Even my mom is 70 years old and she speaks English. And kids, they speak English from like when they're 10 or something. It's really amazing. So I can share a lot of stuff that I do. For example, if I do a Facebook Live on my English page, I often just share it in English to my Icelandic page. And I still get like comments because they just understand it. Yeah, so that's good. So we might be seeing uh, you kind of slowly moving over and at some point you possibly need to take a decision. But for now, this is good. And uh, it's uh, fantastic to watch your journey, Sif. And uh, one day we'll say, we know Sif. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on stage in a big room with thousand people. When I have my own TV show. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> We'll link in the show notes how people can find you. I bet we have some dog lovers uh, listening and watching this video. And uh, Sif, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your journey, how you quit your job, moved to Italy and started an online business. Yes, thank you for having me. It was great fun. Want to build your dream business? I have created a brand new eight-part video series for you where you get instant access to all videos so you can start to build your dream business. Go to signal.com forward slash 233 to sign up for the video series and there you also find links to Sif and her programs. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.